Claire, aside from having to talk to me, uh, how's your day going so far? It's going good. It's busy, but good. <laughs> the world wants to talk to you people all over. So leading into it, the show Kin, um, it was announced in late 2020. It premiered back in February here in the States, at least. So how long did you have to keep it a secret that you were cast in the role? Um, quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, about, um, well, in Ireland, I told my family, obviously my friends, because they were like, what are you up to? But I did have to keep it in for like, I don't know, eight months, maybe, maybe longer. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I, ca I can't keep a secret for eight days, let alone eight months. So <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you. Is this a role, because this is a very meaty role, a very intense role, a lot of prep needed for you or does your Shakespearean background kind of let you do anything? Oh, just give me the words and I will deliver. <laughs> sure. I, I had a long walk and talk uh, with uh, the, the writer when I got the role. And um, so that was really nice. Um, and he actually told me to resist too much research into certain areas because uh, Amanda's kind of outside of the gangland world and her whole perspective on things is kind of like, she's only learning the rules by asking questions and then, and then figuring out what her take is on things. So it's actually, she, he wanted it much more authentic and like, as if I've, I've turned a blind eye to everything except pain and the money. Right. Um, so I did a fair bit of research, but I also kept it quite instinctive. When I was uh, a kid, just a few years ago, uh, <laughs> there weren't a lot of shows from Ireland that were easy to access. Obviously, streaming has changed that, and the taste of the general public has changed that. And now, if it's a great show, no matter the country, it eventually finds its way here. So it's wonderful to see AMC Plus is just one of those places that's putting stuff out into the world. But did you know outright, hey, this is an international show and not just for Ireland? I didn't know like I, I wasn't sure I just knew that there was American production on it so we might get an American network or something but no I didn't I knew it would be on the main Irish channel here and that was it so as it got sold and sold to more and more countries it was like what <laughs> that was cool that was deadly so if I can put words in your mouth it sounds like you just do the role and you let everyone else around <laughs> you do their job <sighs> Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is the idea. They all have talents, you know, I don't want to be stepping over the mark every time. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's definitely it. Like, and especially with this, because it was my first ever TV role and my first time playing a role for so long. So I really was learning on the go. And thankfully, I had people like Charlie and Emmett and then Maria and Aidan just being so kind and just teaching me any little jewels I needed to know along the way. But credit goes to you, not just an actress. You've written uh, herself. You also sang in that film. <laughs> you long-term, you know, plan to be a writer slash producer slash director, or is that just like a one-off for you? Um, yeah, no, I think I will. Like, I've, I've just directed a, a couple of things there recently, just like a couple of days filming. I'm working on a piece that I'm like, I think it's a feature, so I'm kind of writing a feature at the minute. Um, so I am dabbling, but I say that with tentative, <laughs> I just like, I don't want to say I'm definitely going to do everything because I think like that cheapens it or something. No. Um, but I've learned a lot from, I've, le I've definitely learned a lot from writing. And I think writing is almost like acting on paper in a way. So that was easier for me to go to. Directing is a whole different ballgame. And I, I 
really I really respect it now in a whole new new way after only doing two days of it so <laughs> and yeah but I do plan on on at least just trying to make stuff yeah in my career defo it, defo d-e-f-o I, I only learned defo from watching Love Island UK. I didn't know Defo was a thing until Love Island UK. But uh, <laughs> um, in terms of your writing and your creative process, is it like two or three marathon sessions or is it just a little bit each day to get a script done? Sometimes it's like I'm on the bus and I'll like type something into my iPhone. Sometimes it's intense and I'm like, I need to push through this um, for a few hours. But I find mostly, um, it sounds a bit silly, but like I find that it sort of has to kind of come to me at first in an easy way. And then like your second, third draft is where you get a bit more hardcore and linear and, may, and edit, if you know what I mean. But I think at first I, I like it to be nice and easy going because I don't think anyone wants to see. I know it sounds silly, but I think people feel off something that they're watching or listening to, whether it came from like a place of like, you know, I really wanted to make this to, as opposed to like, I've got to make this. What is this? <laughs> you know, like that kind of energy. Like nobody wants that. Like you know, uh, whether it's tragedy, comedy, musical, or otherwise. You know. Yeah. Well, two quick yeah. questions, and then I'm going to let you go, so the next journalist can ask you the same five questions that I've already <laughs> asked you. Uh, and that that first one is, you sang "Whiskey in the Jar" in herself. But is Thin Lizzy the best Irish band of all time or where do they rank? I don't know. Oh, there's loads of Irish artists I like. Now you can't say that. I think they are very good though. Like very good. Yes. I would say they're, they are one of the top ranking. <laughs> I still love, I love a bit of Damo Dempsey and uh, uh, I do like a bit of U2. I know some people have things against them, but I do like them because I saw them live. They're very good. Totally. And, and then the last question is, besides Kin, what's a show that we should be watching? My wife and I need a new show to start. Otherwise, we're going to watch every uh, season of Love Island UK. Ooh. Oh, God. What am I watching at the minute? Sorry. <laughs> oh, I started watching Dope Sick. That's quite good, but it's very intense. And yeah. obviously, um, Succession is like just the best. I don't know. Have you seen Succession? I've heard great stuff. I've interviewed Alan Ruck, but I have not started it yet. Sounds like okay. Like, get on it. That is the best. That is the best. And it's also about family and all of the deep shit that like Ken is about. Sorry for cursing there. No sorries. And just like <laughs> another great show that we've talked about, it's about a complex family. So <laughs> thank you for your time and really looking forward to whatever is next, whether you're writing it, directing mm -hmm. it, or starring in it. <laughs> Thanks a million. That's great, Darren. Cheers. Hello. Hey, that looks just like Nate and Jeremiah or Jeremiah and Nate. Which way do I say it first? Whichever yeah, way you want. want. Well, We've molded now into one, so it's fine. Is there a is there a couple nickname? No. What would our couple nickname be? Jate. Jate. Jeremiah. Jate? I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna figure that out. That's a that's a hard one, actually. Yeah. Well, first question I have besides how are you, what do I call you two as a couple, whatever it is, uh, Jeremiah, what exactly is an outsideologist? Well, we're really excited. Outsideologist 
the essentially the birthplace of it is a multi-year initiative about getting people outside and getting kids outside. And the idea that nature is so big and so vast and so special and such an easy place to connect. And that's so important to both Nate and I because nature for our children has been the epicenter of connection in so many ways, whether it was family, imagination, you name it. And so we're just really excited to kind of encourage people to get back outside and be a part of the world again. Nate, when exactly did this campaign come to you and Jeremiah? Any recollection as to when that was and how long you had to keep the secret? We started talking about it several months ago, actually, because what happened was, what, you know, we've spent our whole careers basically crafting spaces inside for families to make memories. And then we realized that some of our very best memories as parents, um, some of our kids' best memories, even during the pandemic, were the what we call like the little moments in between, the unplanned moments that happen when you're in nature, whether that's a day at the beach or you know a, a long hike that we take the kids on or exploring the sand dunes by our house in Long Island, or even walking to the mailbox in the dead of winter with our kids with you know like mismatched boots and pajama bottoms and a parka. Um, we just had so much fun together. Um, and, and those moments you can't have if you're behind a, a screen or, or watching a movie or, um, you know, obviously just indoors. Um, so with summer coming up, we just got really excited about the opportunity to partner with the makers of Claritin for the Outsideologist project, because really all it's about is, you know, what do you like doing outside? What do you and your kids love to do? And we share what we love to do, and, and hopefully people will share that with us too. Uh, Jeremiah, what is it that the people might get as an incentive if they are successful? Well, they are. there is a sweepstakes going on right now, and it's all about encouraging people to share. Share um, photos or videos of your space, things you do, activities. Um, you can automatically enter the sweepstakes by using the hashtag Backyard Challenge. Yeah. And it's at, if you follow at Outsideologist Project, um, you know, not only is there this great sweepstakes where you win $10,000 and a design, virtual design co consultation with Nate and I, but it's really a platform to connect and to see all these really great activities and things that you can do and incorporate into your everyday life with your kids. And so we're excited to see what people are doing. We're excited to talk with the winner and we're excited to share all the interesting things that people are creating. And if people need some inspiration, there's a whole team of experts that have um, suggestions for what you can be doing outside. Really cool sort of curated ideas and activities. Um, and that all can be found on Instagram or Facebook at, at Outsideologist Project as well. Now, Nate, in your last response, I, I had trouble listening because you said the magical words, Long Island, where I'm dialing in from. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you become an honorary Long Islander? You know, it's um, it was we, by accident. We, it was by accident, actually. When we moved back to New York City from Los Angeles, I was like, we'll never have a house again. I don't want a house again. And then we were sitting on the beach with our friends um, and we were like, wow, this this place is great. No, I forced him to go look at it. Yeah, that's the truth. So what was it three years ago? I was now? Like, Let's just look. And yeah. then we walked in and we thought, wow, what an interesting opportunity in a place where the kids could get dirty and run and, and be free and have some autonomy. And that was the beginning of the end. So when three you, years. Said, you said beach, summer, Long Island. Is there any chance in the world that did, that, that was in this beautiful town, Long Beach, Long Island? No, but 
Um, we actually have spent a lot of time in Long Beach because our friends' parents, our good friends' parents yep. live there. And so um, because we're both not native New Yorkers, sure. we go every time we're offered a home-cooked meal. And that always happens in Long That's Beach. That's all it takes, really. Yeah. Well, we'll travel for food. Hey, I, I love Long Beach. That's why I live here. But but Jeremiah, we saw you on Say I Do, successful multifaceted career. Any acting related projects coming up for you or is that in the past? No, but I'm ready. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm ready. Um, no, we're excited. We're, we're actually in pre-production for um, the Nate and Jeremiah Home Project season two. So we start that back up. It's going to air spring of next year. Um, and we've met some really amazing families. We're going to share their stories. Um, share our family, let everybody in. Again, the kids are getting older and we're in the middle of a huge renovation that we get to finally share with everyone. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're planning so far. Uh, two last questions here. Nate, I'm curious, as somebody who's had a long-term successful career, I know you kind of went solo in 1995 when you started up your own company. I'm curious around when it started to feel like it was your own industry, not just, hey, I have my own company, but when did you start to feel secure? Like, okay, I am Nate and this is going to be fine. You know what? You're only as good as your last makeover is the truth. So I've always... Um, never rest i don't believe in resting on your laurels um obviously i have a lot of partnerships i design products write books um we do some things together we do some things individually but um you know the the truth is is that i think um i don't think you're ever there i think you know as long as it's you're passionate about what you're doing um you have to always continue trying and putting your best foot forward the last question i have total curveball here it's related to I like a book I am slowly writing. It is, were either of you a big fan of David Lee Roth and Van Halen? <laughs> Not I, personally. <laughs> what about you? Um, you I know, can appreciate <clears throat> both. Yeah, I I was I was a fan, not a not a super fan, but I like went to a Van Halen concert. You did? Um, yeah, I was more like Salt and Pepper. Oh yeah. He was actually just to show you where um, I was living. But yeah, why do you ask? So you're working on a book about it? Yeah, I'm writing a book about David Lee Roth, and I figured, hey, oh, cool. let's see if Nate by any chance designs something for him. But the answer is no. No, no. 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 Mm -mm. I wish. Uh, -uh. Billy that'd Joel. A, that'd have been a fun project. Yeah. Well, thank you both for the many years of greatness, and looking forward to everything that's to come. And maybe I'll become an outsideologist in the process of all this. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. So when did you actually film Sneakerella? We filmed, we started filming in September of 2020 and we wrapped of January, 2021. Wow, okay. Yeah. Not your first Disney related project. You have worked so much and also not your first or only series in 2022. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you compare to the character that you portray in Sneakerella? Gosh, um... What I love about Kira, first of all, you know, number one is the gender role reversal. Like she's not your average princess. She's a princess charming. Um, and what I love so much, and I feel like I relate to so much with her is just that drive. You know, the fact that she's incredibly motivated. Um, she's determined. She's not allowing, you know, her circumstances or what anybody says um, affect her or let, let them stop her from achieving her dream. And that's something that 
I feel I can absolutely relate to. I have that drive. I like to just, you know, say it's my astrological sign, say it's because I'm a Virgo. Maybe it is because, you know, Kira and I do share a lot of the same characteristics, but that drive, that sense of drive definitely lives within both of us. I assume there wasn't a lot of prep needed to start to love sneakers. No, gosh, not at all. I'm a big sneakerhead and became an even bigger one after filming, which I didn't know was possible. Ballpark, how many pairs of sneakers do you have in your possession? Literally way too many to count. Like I could not tell you. Only because I just love sneakers. That's just my excuse. I can't come up with a better one. Just love sneakers. Shoe endorsement or is that a future project? Let's let's see. I'm putting it out in the universe. We'll see. Anything can happen. A personal highlight for you in making the show? I would definitely say um, the dance numbers. Specifically, A Dream is a Wish, being able to put together that, that number and, you know, reimagine that classic song. It was just, it was magical, honestly. Um, we had a blast um, filming and even when it came to just rehearsing the, the dance numbers. And it's something, um, you know, when I, when I think back on my time during Sneakerella, it's like one of the best memories that comes to mind was just being in rehearsals with the rest of the cast and, and dancing for hours and hours, no matter how hard it was. It was incredibly fun and a true bonding experience. Well, speaking to your versatility as a triple threat, I'm calling you a triple threat. You're not. Um, is there a kind of role that you haven't been able to do yet that you're still hoping to be cast in? Yeah, there. I'm waiting, waiting for the day when they do an Aaliyah biopic. Um, and I would absolutely love to play Aaliyah. She is somebody that I admire. She's one of the main reasons why I even, you know, got started when it comes to singing and dancing, um, number one inspiration. And I feel like whenever they decide to, to tell her story, it would just be an absolute honor to be able to play her. I heard an awesome, and I hope this is true, rumor about Aaliyah, that there was an unreleased duet that she recorded with the singer Beck. Did you ever hear of that rumor before? No, I haven't. I've heard that there's a lot of like really good unreleased music, but apparently Drake has it. So hopefully one day like Drake, <laughs> This is like, hey, decides to share it with the rest of the world. We'll be waiting. <laughs> and last question before I let you go. You just mentioned Aaliyah. Obviously, you're aware of Drake. Who are some of your favorite musical artists out there? Um, right now, I would definitely say like Frank Ocean, SZA, Drake. Um, Doja Cat is so good. Kehlani um there's just so many good ones but then also like tapping back into like what I grew up listening to like Aaliyah Lauren Hill Erykah Badu Sade um India Arias gosh is one of my favorite favorite artists um Deborah Cox uh, Faith Evans like just so many good ones too many like you know to name all of them but you know I, I love music and I'm really grateful that my parents uh they really put me on growing up I I feel like I have a great taste in music yeah. And hey, surviving a national tour of a Broadway show like The Lion King, obviously musical theater background as well. So looking forward to whatever is to come from you next. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of secret projects we don't know about thanks to Deadline.com embargoes, but best right. of luck with all of them. <laughs> Thank you so much. Joseph, awesome. besides having to talk to me, how is your day going? Anyways, this is a highlight. This is a highlight. It's going very well. I'm very blessed and very excited for this film. 
Yeah, we've seen a lot of your projects in this household because, hey, you were in It Chapter 2 and Hawaii Five O and and Castle Rock, etc. You don't really have a type. You seem like you'll do any kind of role that sounds interesting. So Sneakerella, uh, how much research was needed for you to take on this role? Man, um, honestly, the biggest the biggest hurdle for me was um, the dancing aspect. I'd never danced uh, professionally before. You know, I, I do a little something at a party or something like that. But this is my first time dancing, and I knew that was what I had to dedicate a lot of my time to. But I was really up to the challenge, and I was really excited just to be able to be a part of something so iconic and uh, memorable as a Cinderella uh, remake. So Sneakerella really pushed me, but uh, I'm really happy with how it came out. Maybe dancing isn't your strong suit, but music is. You know, you're on your journey to being the triple threat. Is it true that you moved to L.A. to be both an actor and a musician? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I started my journey in entertainment with music, um, first opera and then by my just in my own music. And uh, once I moved to California, it was just, you know, just pursuing entertainment in all its facets. And um, I've been blessed to be able to uh, conjoin them both, uh, whether it be with this film or uh, previous films, making songs with them. So it's been great. What's com coming up for you in terms of recording and songwriting? Well, for one, we have the soundtrack for this whole film. So that'll be coming out along with the movie. And um, I'm really excited for that to come out and fans to see that. And of course, I have other music coming out after that. But right now, we, we're still riding the wave of uh, the Sneakerella soundtrack that no one's heard yet. Tell me more about that soundtrack. I, I feel like I'm getting an exclusive of sorts. Oh, no. I mean, in the movie, every song we have in the film, these are songs that I feel are, are beautiful songs. And I remember growing up watching them. Um, watching High School Musical and all these different musicals. And these were the songs that mapped out my childhood. So I'm so excited for uh, kids and families alike to be able to jam out to these songs and uh, make beautiful memories. Do you, uh, do you yourself have a home recording setup if you feel like recording something or tracking something? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, most of, uh, most of my, my music, myself, I either record here or my best friend, we record at his house. Nice. Do, do you make beats for other artists or anything like that? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. So writing, producing, um, singing as well, just all facets of music I, I really love. So uh, that's really uh, my other interest. If I'm not acting, I'm probably producing either for myself or, you know, working with other artists. So it sounds like it's all art all the time for you. If not that, I love basketball still. I'm a huge sports fan. I love football, basketball, love roller skate. Um but if it's not those things, I'm either at church or I'm doing music so <laughs> or acting. So, And then I, I really ask this it. to your co-star, Lexi, uh, how many pairs of sneakers do you have before I let you go? I would say I'm pretty moderate. I'd say about 10 to 12. Not, not, nothing too crazy. 10 to 12. I, I love shoes. So I, if I like a shoe, I wear it a lot. So I don't end up having to buy a new pair for every day of the week. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time and looking forward to whatever's next, whether it's on screen, on record, whatever it is. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for doing this. I mean, Overleap, or when was it actually filmed? Well, uh, it was recorded about two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, these, these podcasts move fast. Wow. Okay. So was there like full on video taken along with it. I asked it because you never know with the bonus features what's gonna come out.
Hmm. I think there are some bonus features. There wasn't much recorded. There was a little in studio uh, session and some interviews and, and things like that. But uh, but no, it was. It's pretty much you know. It's it's listen and imagine. <laughs> listen and imagine. Uh, you've always had a wonderful voice for this kind of a performance space for this kind of media. Were voiceovers something that you envisioned from doing day one, or was that a happy accident? Well, I, I wouldn't know what day one would be, but uh, I, I would say that I, I've always been open to vocal work. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I've always been told that I'm very good at ADR, which is, you know, re-recording your lines in order to fix production sound for film, TV and all that. And so, um, but what always excited me about the possibility of, of vocal work is is all of the unknowns and all of the the filling in of the blanks that that you get to do as a performer um it's not unlike working in a room that's just completely green uh you know you, it, there's still a physicality to it and and and, and you, you you but you also have more creativity to just kind of create something in the moment um without thinking about it too much or, or planning or prepping and and just kind of going for it and diving right in and so with with something as action-packed and fast-paced as the overleaper is, uh, I was excited about that notion. And also uh, the fact that I would be doing <clears throat> a dual role that's not really a dual role. Uh, it's the same person, but from two different um, dimensions uh, with, and, and with two different set of experiences for the last year. And so playing with that, making them obviously the same person, but with these subtle differences, very nuanced kind of thing um, with the help of, vocal effects, of course. Uh, it was something that I was uh, excited to, to, to explore. Was there any improv or was really every word that was on the page is what it is? Uh, a common, I mean, I was able to fix some words here and there, but overall the, the script was already uh, very well written and, 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 and quite extensive. And there's, you know, every page is Audrey or the overleaper. Um, and, and, but it was also so well researched from, you know, the military point of view, the dialogue, the um, mm -hmm. doing a little vocal work with a dialect uh, coach in order to get some of the nuances of the Soviskin dialect and, and phrases. Um, so yeah, all of that is, but it, it was a lot of fun and kind of new, but not unfamiliar. My head is still spinning from this tight turnaround that I'm hearing. You said it was finished two and a half weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I recorded mine over a period of four or five days. Yeah. Wow. Okay. When did you know about the project for it to be completed on such a tight turnaround like that? About like a week and a half before that. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I got happen very fast. I don't know if that's the normal. Like I don't know. No. You know. But but I mean that's yeah. The realm works fast and. Uh, I guess, you know, we just lucked out there. Like I said, it was written so well for, from the, the character's point of view that it was easy for me to get in her headspace. It was more like the technical aspects and like the, just the emotional crispness of somebody who's battle tested and worn um, would be, you know. Do you now have a vocal booth set up in your home? <laughs> no, I'm not quite there yet, you know. So far, I'm happy to go to other people's booths. <laughs> There's not a reel yet that you have your agent sending out. Going, not, no, no, I, I, I got to accumulate more product man, before we do that. Product. I, I, it's so refreshing to hear you say that. So is there a highlight for you overall with Overleaper? Um, 
Yeah, I would say the highlight was kind of getting in the, the headspace of somebody who was trained by the Soviskin intelligence community. <laughs> um, you know, you can read between the lines there, but uh, yeah, so getting into that kind of headspace and just really exploring uh, and also finding like the little, comp there's like little comedic elements here and there too. So finding those comedic golden nuggets in with, you know, uh, bringing about the, the, the feeling of, of an extreme physicality that these characters are going through at any given point. It's, um, it's great to be able to, uh, you know, just emerge from boot camp in your sweats and a ponytail. <laughs> like I didn't actually physically have to do it, but I kind of did. So you know, it was good. Well, two quick questions and then I'm going to let you go. And the first one is, how often does the name Blues Hammer get said to you? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> it's either Blues Hammer or um, somebody will start to sing the opening song. <laughs> Outro cast.